Hey everyone, it's Henry, Mike, and Chris of Decentralization Education. Now, Decentralization Education is our short 10 to 15 minute segment where we explain technology terms and topics that we often reference during our regular podcast, The Decentralists. This time, we're going to define single sign-on. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that constantly. Uh, it's a bit of a mantra, but, you know, again, we've got Dr. Jeffrey Goodell, a special guest to help us define and understand what single sign-on is and how prevalent it is. Jeffrey is Senior Research Associate in the Financial Computing and Analytics Group of the Department of Computer Science at University College London. He is convener of the ISO Working Group on Foundations of Blockchain and Distributed Ledger Technologies and an academic advisor to the Belgium-based International Association of Trusted Blockchain Applications and the Blockchain for Europe Association. Furthermore, Dr. Goodell is lead researcher at the Peer Social Foundation, our non-profit partner focused on education, research, and open source initiatives aiming to decentralize digital identity and access for people, business, and government. Welcome, Jeffrey. How do you define single sign-on? So uh, first of all, Henry, thank you, and uh, it's good to be here. Now, single sign-on is basically a technique that allows users of a system to be able to use one particular ID uh, and one particular credential associated with that ID uh, to log in to a constellation of, uh, of services or, uh, uh, or, uh, or, or systems. Okay, so most of us, Henry and I for sure, have used SSO, single sign-on, in a corporate environment. Right. Where, where you go in and, you know, we used to, I remember in the days working at a company where you'd have, you know, they'd issue you a laptop and, you know, you would log into the laptop and then the laptop would open up and you'd have all these screens, like the different applications you could use and things like this. Right. And, and that, but then you would still have other services, you know, you would, you would have say web services, you know, the company used some kind of payroll provider or whatever, and you would have to use your say business credentials to log into these other systems as well. So it's, it's so, you know, so my, my understanding of single sign on, and this is the thing that I've always felt it was you know, I, I understand the solution, but when I think of single sign-on, I think of I have an, uh, a login for all of these different applications. Now, these could be personal applications. So, you know, my pizza delivery place or my, say, social media account or, you know, my, my online storage. Or they could be business applications, the CRM, email, you know, access to the building or payroll systems or whatever. And when I think of single sign-on, I think about, okay, I used to have to have all of these separate passwords for all this stuff and these separate user accounts. And when I go and get myself a single, when I get into single sign-on, all they're really doing is taking all these disparate credentials for all these different things and putting them into one place where now there's like the one one sign-on to rule them all kind of thing to use the Lord of the Rings analogy. Right, right. So, so I think what's interesting about what you've described in, in your experience in the corporate environment is that uh, that you're shown this menu of different uh, of different kinds of systems that you can log into, and and certainly many uh, single sign-on systems uh, still work this way. I, certainly, there are systems that are built by Oracle and SAP that 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 have that characteristic, right? Right. 
these systems that you're signing into have the characteristic that they're independent of each other, and typically they're they're implemented on their own uh, uh, in their own silos, if you will, and and Correct. and they operate on their own uh, on their own software, possibly on their own hardware. They 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 are uh, they're operating uh, uh, without uh, being tightly integrated with each other, so they're independent. Right. But there's something else that you mentioned about your experience in that context as well, which is that they are related to the business, right? That they are related somehow to each other. Uh, and indeed, the expectation uh, behind many of the, uh, the developers of the, uh, the original uh, uh, solutions for, uh, for credentials and, 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 and login in, in, a, in a single sign-on kind of way, historically, have made this assumption as well. Uh, so they've assumed that these systems are not only independent of each other, but also related somehow. Right. And if we look at uh, some really good examples of this, such as MIT Kerberos, for example, you would have a Kerberos principle, uh, which is basically the identity, uh, and you would have a, a ticket-granting server, uh, and you would effectively log into the ticket-granting server, uh, and then you would request Kerberos tickets that would ultimately grant you access to services that are provided by, ultimately, your organization. Right, so they might be different kinds of services, mm -hmm. uh, but they tend to have all been uh, operated by this organization. They would run, uh, they would run Kerberos clients inside this organization, and these these different services would be clients of the Kerberos system, as would the users. So this was all very tightly integrated at the level of the there being one uh, uh, functional environment in which all of these services were running, and everything that I would be doing would be done inside the context of this uh, of this sort of walled garden, if you will. Right. So we would know, right? The the server would know uh, that the the Kerberos server would know what its uh, clients providing services uh, were offering to its users, and uh, and conversely, the the services would would be aware of the Kerberos server and and they would be and they would have their Kerberos clients be configured to operate with the specific Kerberos server as well. Right. And this uh, and this allowed users to basically sign in and get tickets for some period of time, say 10 hours for example, which was a typical configuration, uh, and they could continue to use services from that same uh, workstation for for 10 hours and uh, and they wouldn't have to log in with their password or uh, or keys. Right. So either if you want to use single sign on, either what you, so the the theory is instead of having to individually access and log into six different applications to do my day job. Yep. I log in once and that 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 single sign-on service passes my my one-time login into these other disparate services that are operated by different people. Yep, for example. Right? So I have Salesforce for my CRM. Well, Salesforce runs a business that's data-based. So so Salesforce says, yes, you can use my cloud-based CRM service, but everybody needs a login. Everybody needs credentials because I want to know who all these people are and the business people want to know who's working on the CRM. Henry and I both know about, you know, getting called in and saying, why aren't you putting your notes in the CRM and things like this as sales guys. <laughs> but, you, but you know what I mean? Like, so, so when I think about it, right, if, if, if in, an, in a world where, you know, and I'm sure Microsoft would love this, in the world where everybody Everything was Microsoft, right? So I worked my entire environment in Microsoft. Then single sign-on wouldn't really necessarily be a thing, right? Because it would be, it would be just your Microsoft login, 
Right. You know what I mean? And, and, but when I decide that I want to use, instead of using Microsoft Dynamics for CRM, I want to use Salesforce. And instead of using Excel, I want to use some other, you know, database program. In, in, instead of using, you know, insert service here, I want to use another one. And when I start to break that Microsoft chain, now all of a sudden I'm putting myself in this world where, okay, I went from having full Microsoft access with one password to now needing a password for Salesforce to now needing a password password for, you know, Oracle or SAP. And so that's where this whole idea of single sign-on kind of comes in the middle. Is somebody puts their hand up and says, let me manage those credentials for you. Right. And it seems like it's a great idea, but are there any problems or challenges with that, uh, Dr. Goodell? Yeah, so uh, so I would say that that uh, the the issue here is that we've moved from uh, an environment in which uh, in which the the core services are run within an organization, like for example, an organization running its own Kerberos server, yep. to to being externalized to this third party organization, the cloud. In this case, Microsoft and and the cloud. Of course, you can just substitute someone else's computer for the word right. cloud whenever you see it, right? Um, because ultimately, in this case, it's just a third party. Now, what happens when you put Microsoft in that in that position? Well, Microsoft gets to link together uh, these different kinds of actions that are taken by people in, in a variety of different kinds of contexts, uh, and that and that becomes potentially uh, uh, challenging for the privacy of the individual persons because now we're not imagining that these persons exist only inside the context of this one organization, but they're actually uh, linking together potentially the the uh, the, the the attributes and uh, uh, and transactions associated with different with uh, with people across different organizations, or at least they have the they have the opportunity to do so. Right. Oh, so what you're saying, what you're saying then is the single sign-on provider essentially can uh, now has a bunch of attributes that it could link to particular users because they use different apps at different times, and they could potentially begin building a profile or identity for them. Yes, they they can do this, uh, and they can do this not only because they they not only because their users sometimes use uh, uh, different apps in different contexts, or or that information about them is linked in in, in different contexts, but also because um, Microsoft has access to quite a bit of data on quite on, on quite a large number of people around the world, mm -hmm. uh, and their many interactions. And this is a very different kind of context than the context that the designers of the uh, the early uh, single sign-on uh, solutions had envisioned. Uh, and I, I would argue that the that the single sign-on concept uh, is perhaps no longer built for purpose uh, if we are entering this world in which we have third-party providers actually uh, providing these kinds of services in real time, rather than rather than just providing consulting for uh, organizations that run their own services. So basically, we've externalized uh, the functioning of the, uh, the the sort of IT uh, management from uh, something that's done inside of an organization to something that's provided by a third party. And of course, uh, uh, much as uh, externalizing your brain might be something that you don't want to do, uh, <laughs> externalizing this uh, creates these, these kinds of agents problems or challenges uh, when we when we think about what might be learned uh, and in particular if I'm revealing information about someone based upon their principle uh, to uh, to to for use in one context and then uh, and then I'm using the same principle to access a different context then the providers of these kinds of services in these different contexts might actually learn something about this person that they should not learn ah 
So we're, we're, we're also in a world that, uh, irrespective of whether Microsoft were running this centrally or, 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 or not, we're also in a world in which the providers of the services uh, are externalized. Um, so uh, it doesn't. So this was another assumption that was being uh, uh, violated from the uh, from the the original uh, SSO paradigm. Right? No, no longer are these services being run inside of a company, um, but they're actually being run by third parties outside of a company who get to recognize uh, that this same principle is being used in two different contexts. So maybe we can start linking together uh, this information that we've seen about this principle and and build a profile without necessarily. Uh, 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 have, having the consent of the uh, of, of the principal's owner, uh, and uh, and and an organization like Microsoft is in a position to uh, coordinate this kind of uh, data harvesting and collection as well, uh, and that 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 is not necessarily, but but importantly, and this is key. It, it doesn't necessarily require Microsoft to uh, uh, to be coordinating it in order for it to work. Uh, if, if, if there are two different providers of services, say, I don't know, uh, uh, Google Drive and Instagram, for example, mm-hmm. um, they could potentially recognize that the uh, that that this principle is the same, and then uh, and then build uh, and then uh, make decisions about the person based upon that fact as well. So so this is problematic potentially on a, on a number of different levels, but really it all relates to the the fact that uh, I'm revealing information that can be used to link my different external uh, touch points with the world uh, and 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 thus because I'm operating outside of the security perimeter of the organization I, I might be uh, providing implicitly information that uh, the organization might not necessarily want to reveal so this is wow. potentially challenging not only for the individuals but also for the businesses uh, that employ them because ultimately uh, maybe the businesses don't want their employees to be profiled in such a way that might reveal information about their activities their plans, their clients, and so on. You know, that's absolutely fundamental, and I hadn't thought of that. Uh, wow. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, this is the thing, right? This is, this is I think, to your, to your point, Jeffrey, this is, this is one of the things that I think isn't discussed a lot when we talk about these types of issues, right, is, is how the original intent, which, is, which was to, which was to, you know, kind of provide a convenient form of access to say business services has because of, you know, whether it's profit motives or whatever, because it's cheaper to operate it as a web-based service, right? So, you know, you've got this idea that um, now all of a sudden you're logging, you're going from your corporate environment to an external environment back into a corporate environment. And that pass-through allows some third party access to what applications I'm using and when. And I'm, if I'm a business person, I don't want anybody knowing that, especially somebody who could sell that to one of my competitors. That makes sense, Michael. And, and, I, think, uh, and I think in particular, uh, while if there is a provider of this service uh, learning that someone from your business is using the service again and again, that's one thing. But if we can start to, to link those attributes to an individual person and an individual person's patterns, then that might be, uh, that might be something else. And we might want to uh, allow explicitly for individuals not to identify themselves when they make use of those kinds of uh, those kinds of external services, and businesses might might indeed prefer that their individuals don't leak that information. Right. Fantastic. It is absolutely fascinating when you think about it to that extent. Uh, Dr. Goodell, uh, Mike, thank you very much. I think we certainly revealed a lot about single sign-on in the last ten minutes. Let's end it for now. And, and I look forward to chatting with you guys in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you, Henry. 
Thank you, Henry. Pleasure to be here.